0: Welcome to The Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Maslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions, while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. This month, we're switching it up with an exclusive offer that's only for VIP LMNT partners, including Karnor Cast listeners. You can now receive
1: this free sample pack along with any regular purchase when you use my custom link, which is provided in the show notes or my Instagram link in bio. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carn Cast, all one word. And as I said, I'll include the link in the show notes. LMNT electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based and delicious and get yours today to help support the show. Thank you. Barry Laobretz, at Improving Barry on Instagram, is a health and wellness enthusiast, lifelong r- learner, and teacher. He started as a software engineer and taught over 500,000 students online about software development and architecture in topics ranging from HTML to quantum computing and cloud computing. Barry struggled with his health for a long time, and traditional medicine failed to help. After analyzing his health from a whole body holistic perspective, he learned how to improve all aspects of his health and well-being, and now creates content to help others feel better and live longer. Welcome to the show, Barry.
2: Thank you very much for having me and a great pronunciation of my last name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I'm sure I am sure I butchered it a little bit, um, but thank you so much for coming on. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd love to just start with hearing a bit about your story and, and your background, and you know how you got to where you are today, and this improving Barry brand you've um, latched on to. Yeah,
2: sure. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm Barry. I uh, seldom pronounce my last name in English because it just doesn't sound very nice because it's a Dutch last name. That's why it sounds so complicated. Uh, So I live in the Netherlands where it's uh, nice and cold. Um, And like you said, I started out as a software engineer and architect. I still do that, by the way, Uh, uh, right now, that's kind of how I make my money. Um, So I, you know, I create software programs for people uh, and help people with uh, cloud computing. And I also teach about that. So uh, that also relates to my story. So Back in the day when I was very young, um, you know, I grew up as a normal kid in the Netherlands. Uh, we ate bread, we drank uh, lots and lots of milk. That's you know, that's just how that goes. That that's the culture over there, which is great. Uh, that worked for me very well. But from an early age on, I already had lots of gut issues. So I had stomach cramps, uh, gut cramps, uh, diarrhea, IBS basically, so irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and you know. My parents took me to the doctor, so the normal GP, the general practitioner, and they had no idea what that was. They said, all right, that, that happens, you know, maybe you ate something wrong, but it kept on happening over and over again. Uh, and, the you know, it kept on getting worse. So the doctor needed to see me still, and still they had no idea. Uh, so they just said, well, you know, this is just what's called IBS. So, you know, that that's that's a thing we know about this. So you just have to live with it. I thought, all right, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. So this is the doctor. He probably knows what he's talking about. So that's that then, which is not a nice thing because IBS is quite a, can be very crippling really because it involves diarrhea, for instance, stomach cramps. So if you're a young boy in school and you're having this, it's not a good time because you need to go to the bathroom a lot. Uh, You're already under pressure from your peers and from, you know, the world in general, (laughs) Uh, so it's it's not a not a good thing to have, and especially growing up, I still had that, and my um, symptoms got worse. So more IBS symptoms, more fatigue, things like that, uh, and just bouts of let's just say call it what it is: diarrhea and cramps, which is just crippling when you're trying to plan things with your friends. You know, go on weekends, and then you're like, ah, no, I I can't because you know I have diarrhea right now, and it's shameful as well, as in, you, I felt ashamed for it, which I know you shouldn't do, but that's just what it was. Um, and, you know, there was no help from the standard medical community, just nothing. This is just what it is. Nobody ever asked me what I was eating or what my lifestyle was or anything like that. Uh, but growing up, I had a lot of ear infections, for instance, so I got a lot of antibiotics. Um also another symptom that I had apart from IBS when I was growing up, whenever we went on a holiday, me and my parents, and I swam in a lake, for instance, so let's say an enclosed uh, big uh, body of water, I would usually get very, very sick, like infection sick. And then a doctor had to come, I had to take antibiotics. So probably my gut was a mess from very young on. Um but you know, nobody knew that nobody asked about that. So later on, by trial and error, I discovered that I was lactose intolerant, which is a very strange thing in the Netherlands because everybody drinks milk, eats cheese like crazy. Milk is seriously in everything. Like yeah. if you buy, if you buy ham, for instance, like for on your bread, uh, in, in the supermarket, there's probably milk in it. Or chicken, for instance, is sometimes filled up with water, but also sometimes filled up with milk, because then when you heat it up, the milk also appears to be white, and then that's probably just chicken, right? So we have an excess of milk, so we put it in everything, which means that it's very difficult to not uh, ingest that. But when I found that out, <laughs> then I could start uh, steering clear of that, and, you know, no longer uh, eat uh, pizzas with uh, cheese on it, for instance, although I never liked cheese, but for a pizza, that was fine. And of course, no longer just drink gallons and gallons of just milk, which <laughs> helped a lot. Uh, so yeah. obvious, but you know, who knows? It, it's so difficult, especially when you're younger and you don't have any help to correlate what you're doing. So, what you're putting in your body and how your lifestyle is to what your health is. Nobody's talking about this, not even the doctor, which is so disappointing. Yes. Um, So from there on, you know, I still had trouble, but a lot less because I knew that, you know, if I uh, ingested lactose then I would be in trouble, but that was also a blessing in disguise because from that point on, I needed to look at all of the packaging of all of the food that I would get from the supermarket, you know, to see what's in it, if there is milk in there or not, which often is the case in processed, highly processed foods, uh, also in the Netherlands. So, you know, I had to be careful with what I ate, especially when I ate out, always had to ask, uh, is there milk in this? And people don't understand why would that matter? You know, sure, there might be milk in there. Um, So I was still not feeling optimal and still had IBS. Um, And by that time, I went to work as a software engineer. Um, And that can be a very busy career. In my case, I started out as a consultant which meant, you know, seeing lots of clients, traveling a lot. I mean, in the, our tiny country of the Netherlands, that means uh, being in traffic a lot because we have lots and lots of traffic, although it's such a small country, we all want to be in the same places. Uh, and so we, we, we're just in traffic. Uh, so lots of work, lots of stress from work, lots of busy time, lots of bad food from microwave uh, packages and, and such, you know, just easy things. Because I get home late, you need to eat something quick, uh, do some more work, learn something more. And then the next day you do it all over again, get up early. So that whole cycle made me more and more tired. So uh, I didn't get enough sleep, didn't get good food, although I did avoid lactose. Still, I was not in a good place there. And then in the weekends, I would blow off steam with my friends by, you know, going out drinking and eating bad food and then sleeping in. You know, it's a very uh, unfortunately usual pattern that people are doing. You know, you work hard and you blow off steam, you sleep in, and then you do it all over again the week after. And of course you feel tired because, you know, you're busy. Why wouldn't you feel tired? That's part of life, right? You feel a bit like crap. Everybody does. So that's normal. And so for me, that was also normal. But over the years, by doing that, Gradually, I became more and more tired, uh, more and more ill as well. IBS flared up more and more, so I was uh, less able to do things in uh, in the social setting, which was more and more crippling. And eventually, that led to a burnout as well. So my work was more and more busy and uh, more and more political, more stressful, and I w- wasn't doing the right things. that were really my passion. And so, you know, that that irks me a little bit. And because of that, it just all became too much. And my body said no at some point. So at some point, all of my creativity was just gone. I had no motivation. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was crying all the time. IBS was at the worst point. And I just couldn't do anything basically physically. My body just said, all right, it's done. Quit whatever you're doing right now. We're going in survival mode. And, you know, it was very difficult to get out of that. Um, yeah, I just had to to stop everything and identify which things were stressing me out. Uh, and and stress is a complicated thing because, you know, people say that's that's in your head. It's all psychological stress. This is what the doctor also said. I went to the doctor, said, all right, maybe you should go talk to somebody, you know, a psychiatrist. Talk through your issues or whatever your, your stressors are. Uh, That really uh, doesn't help because that's part of the problem, sure. But all of the other things that I was doing was putting stress on my body. So I was eating things that were hurting me, not lactose anymore, but other things that were hurting me as well. I wasn't sleeping enough. I was doing all these things that was hurting my body. And those are also stressors. And they kind of do the same thing as uh, mental stresses, psychological stress there. So it's the same fight or flight uh, response there, same mechanisms, and at some point all these things build up, and then your body just shuts down and says no. So, um, a bit later there, I did get out of that that burnout by just relaxing for a bit and getting rid of of lots of work there. So ramping down my work, uh, so I could you know start work in a different way a little bit, but still I wasn't good. Still had IBS, still had all these issues. And then I found in the Netherlands, uh, like a functional medicine equivalent doctor in the Netherlands, and she helped me a lot. So she started to measure things like, all right, so let's see how your gut's doing. Let's see if you have any heavy metals. Let's see if you have any uh, vitamin and mineral deficiencies, things like that, simple things like that, which I had never done before, never thought about even, doctor never asked about it. And she started to ask me, well, what are you eating, for instance, (laughs) which is the first thing like a vet asks you if you take your dog into, into the vet. And we think that's totally normal. Of course you ask that, because what what other parameters would there be? Well, for humans, that's kind of similar. Um, so she uh, discovered, we discovered that I had a massively leaky gut, which means that the barriers in your gut are wider open than they should be. And that means that whatever you're eating seeps through those um those wider gaps straight into your bloodstream, which shouldn't be uh, the case. And because of that, your immune system says, hey, this piece of salmon, for instance, that's an intruder. We're going to make antibodies for that. So whenever you eat salmon, you have a a low level uh, immune response. And so your body creates inflammation for that, which is a good thing. Of course, inflammation can be a good thing. In the short run, you need that mechanism. Otherwise, we would be dead already. But if you constantly have that, your body is attacking itself, because you are doing normal things, let's say, that's a very bad thing, of course, because then you're constantly under stress and your body does not have the capacity to heal itself whilst it is doing all that stuff. Because your body can heal itself. You it should just leave it alone and stop hurting it for a while. But I was constantly hurting it because my gut was a mess, like I expected. I was still eating things that were hurting me. We also discovered that. The main culprit there for me was gluten. That was uh, making my gut more leaky and also the alcohol as well, and also the stress from work and things like that. Um, so, taking all of that stuff away uh, and some supplements as well over time healed my gut, which was a very big thing. And then I, you know, felt a million times better already. <laughs> so, once that was the case, all of those crampings went away, diarrhea subsided, IBS basically was gone. Uh, And then I could start to heal myself more and become more resilient to the stressors of the world, like work or, you know, life in general, whenever something happens. Um, Yeah. So that was basically the starting point there. Long answer.
1: (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Optimal Carnivore. Many people I talk to struggle to get enough organ meat on a carnivore diet. There's debate about whether you need to eat organs or not. But I like to supplement with organ meats and it makes me feel better. And many carnivores would agree. Optimal carnivore was created by carnivores for carnivores. In fact, I was consulted during the formulation, which is pretty cool. Um, They have a unique organ complex that combines nine different organs, liver, brain, heart, and more, um, all from grass fed, grass finished animals in New Zealand. And taking six capsules a day is the same as eating an ounce of raw liver. Um, And it's, it's, completely freeze dried and they use a very high quality process to retain all the nutrients. You can use the link in the episode description or um the link in my Instagram bio and use the code CARNWAR10 to save a checkout and support the show. Thank you. I can certainly relate and a lot of folks can too um something you said from the beginning about how uh it's it seems like such a simple change. With like the lactose intolerance thing, but it's it's actually so rare to step back and for people to examine um, how what they're eating affects them, and yeah. that's why I think elimination diets are, are so effective, and something like the carnivore diet can be an excellent baseline for someone um, who can the, then either choose to go forward from there with with a carnivore approach, or can can slowly reintroduce things. But it's very you can fairly quickly identify things that can be causing lifelong problems for you. Um, and like you said, that's just very rare for, for doctors or anyone you would normally see professionally to, to suggest. And, uh, I also like the fact that you, you say the first thing a vet asks you is what are you feeding your dog? Um, it's very true, but I will say (laughs) from a, um, pessimistic point of view it it is usually because they're selling dog food <laughs> that's the difference <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. and it's like oh you're not using this okay here buy our dog food <laughs> unfortunately yeah um that's just the way it is and and i guess how did you go about um educating yourself at the same time as like seeking help and, and how did you think about that journey yeah so from an
2: from a very early uh, age i was always interested in learning more and always interested in learning about how the body works because you know i figure we all uh, have a body so you know you should you should know how it works and i was always interested in in like the diagnostics of it you know which ties into the software engineering where you do kind of a similar thing you're always diagnosing things like what's the root cause here So I was always thinking that, you know, what what would be the root cause here? Uh, About other people, never about myself, of course, (laughs) because I didn't tie that together. But I was always very interested in things like uh, anatomy, uh, physiology, physiology, uh, things like that, how viruses work, how cells work. It's just super interesting stuff to me. So I always read about that. And then when the internet came about, you know, you could read about that everywhere uh, and you could just go nuts which I did, I, I went down deep in all sorts of rabbit holes and then podcasts became a thing. So I consumed all of those that I uh, got my hands on. Uh, and you know, you hear about the paleo diet, you hear about keto, you hear about all these wonderful things and doctors that healed themselves from crazy uh, illnesses, uh, from, uh, from MS uh, to, to cancer with all sorts of uh, lifestyle interventions, usually with diet as well. So I've always been learning about that type of stuff uh, by myself, not in a uh, official manner by medical school, because I knew that I would go crazy if I would go to medical school because I knew what they were teaching there. And although that's very helpful, uh, you will be putting a little bit of a box where you know you have to just execute certain protocols which i've seen over and over again of course in the doctors that were trying to help me and they they were definitely not bad people they had the best intentions they were trying to help me they just didn't know more than their education and they did not have the time to look any further or to you know be op- more open minded and spend more time with me because that just doesn't exist because you know the insurance company just doesn't cover for that and the next patient is coming in 5 minutes so the system just doesn't work like that. So I knew I never wanted to do that. Uh, so <laughs> I went into more of a systems biology slash functional medicine way of thinking about things, uh, especially then when I met the functional medicine doctor that uh, helped me as well. And from that point on, you know, I was unstoppable in learning. Uh, I just like to learn. And I hope that I am able to continue to do that uh, forever. And I now also do that through the Improving Berry podcast, where I get to interview all sorts of experts about health and wellness. And they know a lot about a certain topic. And then I learn more about that topic. And then I dive deeper as well.
1: That's awesome. I love the idea of continuing to learn. And um, this podcast for me has been uh, a way to learn from from really smart and excellent folks like yourself and and others. And and I've really um, felt blessed to be able to do that. Um, so that's, that's really cool. And, um, I guess how, um, what has worked for you and how has your diet changed over the years, um, through this health journey?
2: Yeah. So when I, uh, got all the information that I had a leaky gut and, uh, you know, that all of that was bad and needed to change. So I, I started on a new diet. So no more gluten there. So gluten-free. And that's very difficult to do in the Netherlands because everything here is bread based. So we start our day with bread, you know, we smear some stuff on there, jam or ham or, you know, peanut butter, whatever. Uh, that's, that's the variation, but the basis is bread, bread for lunch, bread for dinner or for, uh, breakfast. And then for dinner, some potatoes with some, or some pasta stuff. So carbs is the basis. And then the rest, you know, you color in around it, maybe a little bit of meat. Uh, maybe, uh, vegetables, stuff like that. So I had to quit all that. And I was like, all right, so what, what can I eat now? (laughs) This is going to be very difficult for me. Um, so I, I started out with gluten-free stuff, which you can find in the supermarket, right? You have a gluten-free aisle and there you have gluten-free bread, which is also bread, but then gluten-free. So that's not bad for me. I thought, (laughs) but that stuff is like quinoa based bread, things like that. So highly processed crap, basically. But at least it doesn't contain gluten, so I was happy. I was doing that, uh, and I was eating lots of salads with fish. So, for instance, uh, every uh, for lunch, I had a big bowl of salad with just leafy greens and uh, tomatoes, and uh, you know everything I could find, and some uh, some fish and olive oil, things like that. I thought, okay, this this is good, this is healthy, right? Um, Because, you know, vegetables, vegetables are healthy, but always I still had this bloating and fatigue after lunch and then throughout the afternoon. uh, And then also again, after dinner as well, the fatigue. And I was still, you know, not there. Even though my gut was healing, I wasn't, I thought actively eating things that were really hurting me. I still wasn't there. I still wasn't, you know, on. My performance was off basically. Uh, and I could also see that <laughs> in my poop basically. So it was just off. It's just not good. Although at the time I thought this is normal, right? You know I just need a lots of toilet paper, I have lots and lots of bowel movements per day. That's how it goes, right? That's what everybody's doing. so that's probably normal. Um, and then I you know, throughout my learnings I, I um, learned that probably more protein, is a lot better. I'm not the youngest anymore. I'm tur- turning 40 soon. That's still not old, but I know I need more pro- protein now than I did like a decade ago. Uh, so I figured, okay, how am I gonna get more protein? So you know, lentils, for instance, right? What's protein in there? That's a good idea. But lentils, man, when I was eating lentils actively, I had so much bloating and you know, IBS-like symptoms just from from a meal like that. Like, all right, this is not the way to go here. Uh, fish, great stuff, but, you know, contains so much uh, heavy metals and uh, plastics and crap from the ocean. Yeah, also not not really the way to go. I do love meat. I love eggs, things like that. So I thought I would just, you know, go about and eat more of that. And then I found out that there are actually people around that eat nothing else but meat and eggs and, you know, things like that. I thought, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I, maybe I should do that as well. Um, but still, I was always still, um, you know, afraid of fat. That's what we all learned, right? You eat, need to eat carbs and fat is bad for you because, it, you know, you get cardiovascular disease from fat. Um, that fear has never really gone away. I still have it in the back of my mind when I eat a very greasy steak, like, oh, you know, is this going to hurt me in the long run? It's delicious. Um, I don't know. I'm not 100% convinced yet about uh, the cardiovascular disease thing. But um, now, so now I eat an animal-based-ish diet. So, you know, eggs, ground beef, uh, steaks, things like that. Lots and lots of eggs uh, and fruit as well. Honey and fruit, things like that. Occasionally, I also eat uh, potato or something. I can handle that and that's fine. You know, I, uh, I exercise a lot, which means I also need carbs. And in the form of potatoes, sweet potatoes, things like that, I feel for myself that I can handle that well. And this is a very important thing. You know, everybody needs to try things out and see how they feel about that. But now I'm at a place where I can notice that things are good or bad for me without having to do a lab test or, or something like that. I can just feel it. Because I now have a baseline of feeling great, basically. So when I wake up, I don't need a coffee to start my day because I just have energy. I will drink coffee because I like coffee, but I don't need it for energy, basically. I can, you know, not eat for a while. That's totally fine. I can skip breakfast if I want. I am completely level with my energy. And then I can eat something if I feel like it, basically. Uh, And sometimes I do two meals, sometimes I do three meals, uh, sometimes I add a bit of carbs, sometimes I don't. But I don't have bloating anymore. I feel great. Uh, I think my gut is in a very good state. I haven't tested it in a while, but I know that if I go to the bathroom right now, I basically do it one time a day and I don't need any toilet paper. I do check, (laughs) but I I never need it really. So, and I think that's a good indicator, because I do know that when I do go off and I do sometimes go off of the diet for a while, for instance, uh, a week on holiday with my kids, you know, they're going to be French fries and all sorts of crap that I really shouldn't eat. But why not, you know, it's life. And so then I do feel myself sliding back a little bit. uh, And, you know, all those things, all those markers will be worse. But, you know, Again, I can still then easily get back if I just go back to how I eat now. Yeah.
1: That's great. And uh, so much of what you said there I, I completely um, resonate with with regards to focusing on um, trying things out for yourself and seeing what works for you. Um, and it, it's tempting to start with, you know, copying a diet or copying an expert and eating what they eat. Um, but it is really, really truly helpful to, to find those things for yourself and do that self-discovery and learning, um, to, to optimize your own diet or, or get closer to that. Um, and Barry, what are some other things you've learned from the podcast outside of diet? Um, you mentioned exercise, but other things you found, um, for yourself, either through the podcast or, or, or learning elsewise that, um, has benefited you.
2: Oh, so many things. Um, but I try to get actionable uh, health tips and insights from my guests as well, uh, so that they can actually do something with it uh, that are not difficult to implement. So low-hanging fruit. Uh, I think one of the basic things is monitoring yourself. So know, know thyself, right? Uh, like we just discussed, there are a couple of things that are easy, that are relatively cheap. and Can tell you a lot. So, for instance, I know it's disgusting, but it's part of life. Look at your poop. What are you doing there? Is it good? Do you go to the bathroom all day long? Do you have to use lots of toilet paper? That's probably a signal that something is wrong there. If not, that's probably a signal that something is good there. Basic things know your blood pressure. Some people have no idea what their blood pressure is because sometimes they see it if they go to the doctor. When do they go to the doctor when they are sick? That's a bad thing. Buy a blood pressure meter. It's relatively cheap. Do it once a month. Do it, I don't know, once, once, six, every six months. doesn't matter. As long as you know your baseline there. If you see that it's completely off, then probably something's wrong. Same with your heart rate. Know your heart rate. I know it's, it's in smartwatches and things like that, but not everybody does that. Not everybody wants that. Still, you know, try and find out what your heart rate is. What's normal for you? Uh, if that is completely above what wouldn't be normal for your age and gender, then you're definitely something off. So those three things are very simple things that you can just go and measure at home. Nowadays, you should definitely do that. And then, you know, that that's that's like a baseline. So know yourself. And there's lots more things that you can do, like we just talked about with, with, with a functional doctor, like testing your gut. Uh, testing for heavy metals, testing for vitamin and mineral deficiencies, all that type of stuff. If you're feeling great and maybe there's no big need for that type of stuff. Now, I'm a data nerd, so I will try and do that as much as I can. I just want to see all of that stuff. If you're feeling good then, and, and all of those basic markers are good, you know, so your blood pressure is, is excellent. Your heart rate is great as well. Yeah, you're probably fine. And if your poop is good as well, then you're probably fine. Uh, Another very important intervention that is very cheap as well is, you know, optimize your vitamin D level. Make sure that is on point. Uh, I spoke to Dr. Uh, Joel Gould uh, on the podcast that is uh, out now. You can find it on improvingberry.com. He knows a lot about this stuff as well, as do many uh, of the more progressive doctors. It should be between 60 uh, and uh, 80. Uh, I don't know what, uh, what the measure is, millimolar, millimolar I think. Um, just optimize that, which for most of us means that you need to supplement that. So for instance, me, I, I live in, in the Netherlands. There is no sun in the Netherlands. Sometimes in the summer, but still, you know, you sit, you sit in, in your office, you sit in your car, you sit in your house, you're not getting enough. You're simply not getting enough, probably not even in summer. You need to optimize that and you need to take more vitamin D than the RDA, way more vitamin D than the RDA. You know, most people take 500 international units I use per day. That's nothing. That's not going to be enough. You need to take about a thousand IUs per uh, what is it, 11.3 kilograms of lean body mass. And I don't have my uh, pound converter uh, on there here. I'm not sure what that is in pounds, um, but that's a lot more. Basically double worry, Yeah. Basically double it. There you go. And don't worry about toxicity because you can't really take too much of this type of stuff. For instance, if you go to and stand in the sun without uh, a shirt on in the summer for 20 minutes, you're going to make 20, 30,000 international units right there. And you're not going to drop that, I promise you. So it's not toxic for you. D3, make sure you also take K2 with that so that you can actually utilize it. So if you can find a supplement that has both, excellent, and take it royally. So do that. So measure the basics, take vitamin D3, and take magnesium as well. That's also a non-toxic thing. If you take too much of that, of a certain type of magnesium, you'll find yourself going to the bathroom. That's the worst that can happen there, basically. But take 500... uh, milligrams to a gram per day, because you are deficient in it if you're not taking any supplements in that, probably, unless your diet is extremely on point, which for most of us isn't the case. If you think, well, I can get most of this from plants and stuff, which I guess most of your listeners will not. uh, But that would also not be the case because the soil is depleted. And that means plants do not have all of these minerals in them as well which then also means that the things that eat those plants and convert it into meat for us probably also are a bit mineral deficient in there as well. So you need to supplement them. So I think those are the most basic, easy to implement things. Measure the basics. Take D3 with K2. Take magnesium. There are a lot more things. I'll mention one more, which is as soon as, soon as you wake up, look at uh, the sun outside, even if it's not there, even if it's cloudy open your window, open uh, a door, get outside for at least you know, five, 10 minutes because that sets you up for a great night's sleep. That starts your circadian rhythm. Your eyes, the sunlight that goes through your eyes activates something in your brain that tells the rest of your body, all of your cells, hey, it's time to start. And then the countdown starts until you go to sleep. If you don't do that and you wait for three hours, for instance, and you look at your screens, then you're not going to be set up for optimal time to sleep, and you might have trouble getting to sleep, staying uh, asleep, and getting enough uh, deep sleep and REM sleep. So, yeah, those are the basic things I would recommend.
1: Yeah, those are all fantastic tips. And um, yeah, I, I I certainly supplement with with vitamin D and K2, and I I think that's a really healthy habit, um, as well as just trying to get as much sunlight light as possible. Yeah. Um, But Barry, this has been fantastic. Really great to meet you, learn your story. Thank you so much for sharing it and being so open. Um, I'll link to your Instagram and your podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to share um, with the audience uh, before we say goodbye?
2: Uh, Well, for one, thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, I like your show a lot. You're helping a lot of people, I think. So keep up the good work. so for everything, go to improvingberry.com. From there, you can find the podcast and uh, and all of the socials and such. Uh, you'll be fine from there. And you know, if you are on the verge of eating carnivore, animal based, and you're not sure because of maybe you know cardiovascular disease, uh, uh, maybe you don't like Paul Saladino, or maybe you think you know I do need the fiber or all those things. You know, if you're doubting, why not just try this? Like 30 days. Because the thing is, like you said earlier, it's a great elimination diet. If you have good quality meat with no crap in it, basically, then you're going to eliminate all of the things that might hurt you because meat is highly nutritious. So if you do that for 30 days, you're not going to be uh, deficient in anything because you're eating all of those things with lots of energy and lots of nutrients in them. You're not going to be eating things that hurt you. And from there, I promise you, you'll feel. You probably feel great from 30 days and then you can, you know, take a look at, well, I want to eat tomatoes as well. Okay. Try tomatoes. See how you feel after tomatoes. And then you can just reintroduce foods. But why just try it? Why not? You know, you have, you just have one life to live. If you don't try this, you're never going to find out, right? So there's nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's, that's fantastic advice. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Barry. It's been Excellent to meet you. And and thank you so much for the interview. Um, And yeah, I'll make sure to have links to your website and socials in the show notes and hope you have a great rest of your day.
2: Okay, you too. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out and share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CarnivoreCast or go to CarnivoreCast.com. You can also email me at info at CarnivoreCast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.